0: Hi, guys. So, my name's Ian, and I am the head coach at Tri Club. And I'm here today with Colin McCaw. Um Colin has got a fairly decent background, from my understanding, in track running. He's also had a, a cheeky bet with some mates, and um, he's agreed to talk with me today on the subject of sport um, and mental health and the current time that we're in. So, welcome, Colin.
1: Hi, mate. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, very well, thank you. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm good. Just uh
1: planning on what I'm going to do this afternoon, do I run, am I going to ride, Like, what am I going to do this afternoon, um, but I'll probably have to knock it all on the head and just go for a walk with the family, because <laughs> you only allow that once a day.
0: Yeah, we do have to be selective with what we do, and um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely difficult. Well done for spending time with the family. Um,
1: yeah. uh, I, I'd, I'd rather not, but yeah, it's got to be done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: how uh, How
1: are you guys finding things? Uh, we struggled in the first like week or so just because um, my son's like got autism so it's just like he was just trying to get used to not going to nursery I said university Um going to nursery and um, like he was just struggling with his routine being broken so he was just getting it was just a bit tough but he's settled down now and then it's just trying to find them stuff to do and make sure that everything's like as normal as it can be and I guess like once I think after a week or two children start to think this is just normal, like they do just have their parents with them all the time and um, so I'm lucky enough to be off for the next month but I'll have to go back to work in like two weeks. I was working and I'm supposed to be in but um, because of other circumstances I'm just off for a month but then looks like I'll be going back in in two weeks time so.
0: yeah. Yeah, there's a. Uh, there's definitely pros and cons to this season, aren't there? Whilst it's, mm. it's utterly devastating in some ways, it does give people the opportunity to connect back with their family, to spend time with them, and mm. like I say to try and establish some good routines there as well. Yeah, um, definitely. I just wanted uh, you to tell us a little bit about who you are, a little bit about your journey, um, sort of through to now, um, maybe from your running days. Is that okay? Yeah, of course. So. Um, yeah, I started running when I was seventeen,
1: I think. So I was quite a link to running. Um, I used to play football, like obviously, like most young boys who end up running, they did some sort of other sport before. Um, and I was pretty dedicated to football, and then that just wasn't really working out, and I just like got asked to do some athletics, so I did. And I wasn't very good um, when I first started. And then uh, I think I started, actually that's a lot. I think I started running when I was like fifteen, actually, because. Um, it took me two years to actually realize like what you have to do to run. So that's running more than twice a week. um, And just talking to people at the track and doing like one rep or something isn't going to make you any better. So then um, I started training properly like five or six times a week. And as soon as I started doing that, I started winning races. So um, it sounds crazy. But yeah, as soon as I started training like that, I won English schools at, at 16. Um, I'd gone from running like 4.45 for 1,500 metres to running 3.54 um, at like 16. And then at 17, I ran like 3.44. I didn't get much better from there. But um, yeah, like just training like a structure and going out every day for a run and doing sessions and stuff um, got me like quite good, quite young. Well, quite young. I was late to running, but I, like I got good quite quickly. But that was mainly due to the fact that I used to play... Football, I think, like all the time. So I'd play my own age at like 13 and I'd play up an age in the afternoon. So I'd play under-15s football uh, like on a Sunday afternoon and my own age in the mornings. So I was a relatively fit guy. I cycled everywhere to and from work and stuff and school and all these different things. I had a paper round for about an hour. Um, but yeah, so when it came to running, it was just the fact that I wasn't doing the right stuff when I was younger. I wasn't like up to the point when before I got good. It was just a social aspect and stuff, and it wasn't really anything that I realised you had to do more of. Because like when you play football when you're younger, you do just turn up for like one training session and you play a match on a Sunday. So that's pretty much what you think you're supposed to do. And then with athletics, it's actually completely different if you don't do it pretty much every day you don't get very good (laughs) so um and then from there I moved when I got to like 17 I left home and went to live in London um and I worked full-time in Argos which was good um for my entire pretty much my entire first three years as a professional athlete I worked full-time and trained on top of it so um I went yeah I stayed at like St Mary's and everybody else was at uni there, but obviously I left school with like no grades, so I couldn't go to uni, but needed to stay there, so I had to pay my rent to stay there and train. So until I got on funding properly, which I was on funding when I was 17, but not funding like it is now, or sure. like it was three years after I started, where they then pay you a salary kind of thing to like give you, pay your rent for your where you're staying and mine, it wasn't expensive because it was uni accommodation and I got a discount. It was something like, let's say 500 pounds a month or something or just over that. And um, so I was working to pay that and then obviously the lottery came in when I was like 21 after I got a few GB vests and stuff and I was about 20 um, and then they paid it for me so it meant I didn't have to work anymore which was a bad idea because I was running better when I worked and I sort of jibbed the work off to become a full-time athlete. And being a full-time athlete for me with like mild ADHD bombs and stuff, I can't stop. So I need stuff to keep me going constantly. And if I don't have a stimulus all day, I will just do nothing and play computer or um just do things that aren't really like valuable or or anything. So it kind of ruined my running. So when I got I, I ran 337 at like 21. And then from 21 to like 25, I did nothing, absolutely nothing, didn't run well really at all. And then um, like 26, 27, 28, I finally got back to being good again, but I never quite reached my peak of running. I never ran any of the times that I should have run, Um, just mainly due to farting about like drinking too much and just being silly really, like just not really concentrating on what was right. And then obviously when you get older and like now I look back at like 35. So old, um and I think don't say you're old. <laughs> and I think I think I wish I wish i just had the I've never gone through a lot of different things in the last few years, but my mentality with training and stuff is a lot different now than it was when I was younger. And I know when you're younger, you can, you, people tell you all the time, you're going to waste this and this is not going to be like, if you don't get your head down and do this, this isn't going to happen. But you don't kind of believe that because you think you're invincible. So you just carry on doing your own thing and you, you expect one day that you're going to win the Olympics. or you're going to run like 230, 500 metres. Um, and when that eventually doesn't happen, you sort, of, God, you sort of lose it a bit and you sort of give in and, and then you sort of go down past it. You don't, you're not really sure how you got to. So, like, I just wish that I had the training mentality I have now at this age that I had then because my body can't do the things I want it to do now because it's older and a bit worn down. Where if I had this mentality where my body could do whatever it wanted, I don't know what I would have been capable of because I've been, I have been, never ran a 100 mile a week ever. I never went over 50 to 60 miles for my entire athletics career. Um, but when I got to the age of 35, I ran seven 80 mile weeks and one 100 mile week like so yeah it's like crazy and it's not as fast as I would have ran it then I wasn't doing sessions and stuff but still that's a huge jump from 60 mile a week and three tw- two track sessions a week and a tempo session to running to and from work 20 miles a day um and not even being that phased by it really and thinking when I was a professional athlete I couldn't have thought of anything worse than trying to do 100 miles in a week <laughs> like and now I couldn't think of anything better than going and getting lost like like I said to you before like I've just got into cycling and that is like really that really turning into a massive passion for me like just going for like 30 40 mile bike rides and it being a horrific pain the entire time <laughs> like it's not a comfortable thing cycling like yeah. it's, you don't really go for a leisurely ride well you, people do but like Because I've got like a competitive sort of edge kind of like issue. I want to push it. I want to see how fast I can make the bike go. So like, for example, when I first started riding to and from work, I was doing like 13 kilometers an hour. And then now I can do average 18 to 19 kilometers an hour. So like, I'm like, oh, that's all right. But now, then I start watching YouTube videos of kids that cycle. And obviously, they're like 25 or something, like young, absolute stallions. And they're averaging like 20 plus kilometers an hour. And I'm thinking, I want to get to that. Like, can I do, can I get to work in 30 minutes, 10 miles, 30 minutes? And I didn't, quicker than that. Um, so, but I would never have thought that when I was younger. I would never have gone into the mindset of being, like, I'm a competitive person, but I would never have been like right, if I do this much training now and I do these kind of things and I, I add the gym in and I have all this time,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: what would I have done? But it's not good to look back because it can be quite depressing when you start going on about like what you did, what you missed out on and what you didn't. But I just kind of wish I had the mentality I had now then. And that's what I like. And that's what people of my age will say to younger people.
0: Yeah. And they
1: will say exactly the same thing as me when I was younger and they will just be no alls and say, I don't really care. So it's, it's quite like a vicious
0: thing. It's a vicious circle, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, now, that's a, that's a great overview. Thank you for that. Um, I think there's something that you missed out, like up till the current day, which is something to do with a bet. Um, oh, yeah. What? That was quite a significant moment for you. Oh, um, yeah. So you obviously finished your, um, or, or had a period where it wasn't going so well and you mm-hmm. were at your peak, if you like. Would you mind me asking um, what happened and then what got you back into running? And like I said, I think there was a bet involved. With some kind of yeah, yeah, no,
1: not at all. I can't believe I actually forgot. I just started getting on. <laughs> Basically, I didn't make the Olympics in 2012. I threw a massive tantrum because I was like 27, I think. Um, I didn't have any money. I didn't have any form of like income. I'd been dropped from my sponsors. Um, lottery was gone. So I had nothing, really. Uh, and Instead of doing... Uh, what I always did, which was when things weren't great, I would just get my head down, train, and then running was like my get out to be able to get back to a life of coffee and waking up and whenever you want and having a good time and have a little bit of money coming in because there isn't a lot of money in running, but it's a great life. Like it is a great life to be able to train and do your own thing and be your own boss basically all day. Basically, I threw a huge tantrum i'd been thinking about it for a while i wasn't in a great headspace and i retired in 2012 walked away from sport didn't tell anybody just moved home i had a job by the time the olympics started in um by the time uh, 2012 but when london had started i was working full-time um and i didn't i watched the olympics and then i didn't watch running for like or anything to do with running for four years i drank and ate like you do when you work in an office, I just was like you say normal um didn't save any money, wasn't any better off, wasn't in a any better place. I was just a hundred kilograms fatter um and um really like unhealthy and overweight and um yeah, just in a in a really bad place. but luckily in that time, I met my partner Rebecca, and we've had like two beautiful children um so if it wasn't for all that. Like I wouldn't be in such a good place now. So it's not all bad. Like that is like the one positive from all of it is that I got I got to meet her and do them things. But um yeah, like personally, like I just was a mess, like physically. I couldn't get up the stairs and stuff. I was like out of breath playing with my son and just like really, really unhealthy because when your body's been like at like in a healthy state for so long and you've been, always been slim and you've never had to worry about it um, i got to the point where i was going to work and i was literally just buttoning up one button on my shirt and wearing jumpers because i didn't want to buy clothes that were like extra large and stuff so um i was just putting jumpers over my shirts and wearing shirts underneath my things that weren't buttoned up um and i was just like pretty bad to be honest but then luckily i um one day, I don't, you know, like time hop comes up on your phone or something. Um, and it randomly showed me a picture of me running in 2010. And I was like, Jesus, I can't believe I used to be like that slim, like I had no top on and stuff. And I didn't look ripped or anything. I just wasn't te- 10 ton Tessie. You know what I mean, I wasn't like rolling down the street and stuff. Um, sure. So I showed Rebecca. She was like, oh, my God, like that's like I asked her to take a picture of me. Um, like literally the one in the kitchen of me like being pretty big, my eyes shut. Um, and then I went for a run. I didn't think anything of it. I think I posted the picture before I went for a run and I was something like, I'm going to get fit, just going to lose some weight and stuff. Um, and yeah, I uh, went for a run. And By the time I got back, I had about like 60 messages from my friends all trying to get me into this like bet to like run like a fast time for 5k, run sub 60 minutes for 5k or have all their names tattooed on me. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm just going to train and, and do it myself, which at yeah, the time can I, wouldn't.
0: Can I just so, stop there? They were they're asking you to get your their names tattooed on you. Why, yeah, yeah. So like the bet was really like for was me a to.
1: <laughs> yeah, so the bet was for me to lose all the weight, obviously, and then run so Well, if I could run sub 16 without losing the weight, then that would have been great. But obviously, you can't do that. So I, um, yeah, I had to run sub 16 for 5k in under a year. Or, uh, and they would give me £100 each. So, 17 of them would give me £100 each if I did it. If I didn't do it, I would have to have all of their names tattooed on me in Times New Roman. Um, wow. So, quite specific. It was a pretty good bet for them at the beginning because my first run, it took me like 45 minutes to run 5K. So, um, they were loving it. And they, couldn't, they, they were like, they couldn't believe it. So, um, I went running it took them like six hours to convince me it was like one o'clock in the morning or something and I was like, all right, then let's do this. So then from then um, I just like trained every day except for one day. And it wasn't like hard training. It was just the first bit was literally just get out for a run, run around the block and then come home then go to work all day um, and then do the same the next day and then build it up from there. Cause the where, like the, what people seem to miss out when they put on a lot of weight, which I realized pretty quickly is when you are like proper out of shape, and like you haven't done any form of physical exercise for a long time, your muscles and everything are not fit to do any of that work. Like they're not in a place where you can go and some people get really lucky. Don't get me wrong. Genetically, like they can, but like to me, for example, I was a professional athlete and then knowing that I used to go and do like 30 minute runs in and run five miles in 30 minutes, like then knowing that I couldn't even run a mile, in 15 minutes mm. it's a really difficult thing to process but what it did teach me is that my body was no longer conditioned or in any shape to be able to put up with the stresses that come with like running or physical activity so um all the scar tissues and everything that I had when I was running had all moved so we're all in different places and I was getting like tweaking my calves and like getting pains and sores that I'd never experienced as a runner. I'd been very lucky, like touched wood, that I'd never been injured. I'd had one calf tear in my entire career and that was because it was my own fault because I never used to wear running tights and it was a freezing cold night and I had to do a really big session and I always wore spikes on the track no matter what. I didn't care about I just loved wearing spikes. So that's how I got that calf tear. But then now, then, like three years ago, I was fat, uh, out of shape and my muscles were no longer running muscles. <laughs> they were just blobs hanging off me. So trying to teach my body how to run because biomechanically you will always run pretty similar to the way you have always run because your brain told you that's how you should run and that's how your muscle fibres are formed. But I um <laughs> I was just a shell of a Mr. Blobby running down the street. So it was just horrific for the first three months. Um, wasn't like, it was really hard. Like, my back was gone every night, pretty much. And I was only running, like, 15 minutes in the morning. Do you know what I mean? Like, like it wasn't super tough, like, running-wise. It's just my body just couldn't take it. Um, four years of just abuse was like, this is just not happening. And I, I, I'm, To be honest, in the first few months, it was pretty – like, I really, really didn't think about the bet. Like, I blogged it and blogged it on um, Instagram and stuff. But I wasn't really concentrating on it. I was just focusing on losing weight and and getting down. Because I thought if I lose the weight, I'll be able to do it. But then once I did lose the weight, I realized that I didn't actually have um, the like biomechanically, I was completely different. Even though if you were to look at me run, you probably think I looked pretty similar, but my knee, my foot would like turn in, my right foot has now like I land like supernate on the outside of my foot, Mm but where my foot has tightened up so much from all the years of me doing it on the track It is now fully like slanted to the like to the point where it hits like directly on the outside of my foot and then snaps across really violently where it used to be really controlled and obviously i had all the muscle tension there when i was professional that it would counteract anything that was happening but then obviously when i was unfit and it got to relax it just became a lot worse so i've had quite a lot of calf problems quite a lot of like foot problems i've never had in my entire life had achilles tendonitis plantar flashier or anything until the last three years and then i've had it like chronically
0: yeah
1: and and it's all to do with like being overweight and you putting far too much pressure through your feet and your feet you're not wearing the right shoes and then obviously because i was doing quite well on instagram and stuff people were sending me stuff all the time which was absolutely lovely but Right. what you shouldn't do and what i've learned is you should not be wearing different pair of shoes like some other pair of shoes every single run you shouldn't be putting on a pair of new balance for one run and then a pair of nikes for another one you need to stick with one brand and if that's going to be your training block you run through that whole training block with that because the amount of different pairs of trainers i wore yeah. absolutely destroyed my legs so some days i'd be fine and then some yeah. days it'd just be horrific and then i'd be out like i've been out for like pento I've been cycling so for the last three weeks I've had tendonitis in my left Achilles from nowhere yeah like it just came out of nowhere like it wasn't like I'd had no issues leading up to it I'd had no pains no nothing I had one twinge in my calf like right up in the belly of it and I was like oh it's nothing ran through it three days later I had tendinitis and couldn't run for three weeks and it was like not even bad tendinitis it was like severe like burning for the entire three weeks and then now all of a sudden it's
0: gone away again Strange. So crazy. Um, to do with the setup on your bike, maybe your cleat position, or um, how high the saddle is, or how forward it is, uh-huh. and, and all that kind of thing. We can talk about. Yeah, that. I need to go uh, get a bike fit. I, I, yeah, I, I've yeah. been
1: watching a lot of YouTube videos. It's quite a, it's a more <laughs> a far more technical than I ever imagined. I just thought sort of you yeah. jump on and go for a ride, but yeah. yeah, I've been I've had a few numb bums, a few dead feet, <laughs> just in just my feet just going absolutely completely numb. Oh, I well, had okay. a really bad crash as well Um, on my on my old bike i just black ice on like a corner that i shouldn't have been on just went straight out slid for about 15 meters i laughed though i thought it was hilarious but (laughs) my leg was like pure black um and my elbow was like pretty bad it's all right now but my leg was like oh it's horrific
0: yeah you've got to be (laughs) careful
1: i know it was my old bike i had like a i just got a new bike and i said like i said it was wrong i had like an old like steel racing bike and um it's horrific it weighs about 20 kilograms and like you can't even get it you can't change gear so you're stuck in the big you're stuck in a big gear and going up, Yeah, like, yeah uh, it's hor- and it doesn't have brakes like, it's it slows down but it doesn't stop so okay. you know, it's a <laughs> it's, a, it's, it, it's in the office now like
0: yeah leave it there
1: uh, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna take it to a bike shop and just give them it I think they'll give me it back though like,
0: so <laughs> So with the um, with the bet, you kind of got to a point where you were getting injured, and, and how did it progress through? Did you did you so make it? I got
1: quite lucky after the first part. So once I'd lost all the weight and I'd got over the injuries and stuff, like the final the final like three or four months, I progressed pretty quickly. So at one point, I reckon I was in about sub fifteen minute sleep. But the problem was, is I couldn't run. I, I couldn't get. I was trying to do it at park runs, and like the problem what happened is is like where I was really competitive before and then coming back to being unfit and then being competitive again. Mm. I was getting really anxious about going to like park runs or doing races. And then when I was doing them, I felt like I was running too hard and everything was too fast and everything was just overwhelming. It was really difficult. Like I didn't really talk about it much, but it was a really difficult like emotional process to not be as not be good basically in my eyes which i know a lot of other people will say well you are and you were you ran really well but in your own expectations and your own like mindset of where you've been running for me which this might sound terrible but running like 17 18 minutes for 5k was really difficult to emotionally process when i could run 14 minutes for 5k in a tempo for a session like five years earlier i could go on the track and do 20 by a K in three minutes off two minutes recovery, like them kind of things. like I couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. So trying to put that into a process of like, right, I'm really struggling to run 530s here, like really struggling. But was I really struggling, or was it just I was having a panic attack, like while I was running? So I was hyperventilating, I was over breathing, my legs were then feeling heavy, then I was then having struggles. Like one time I ran, and Rebecca and the boys came down. And um, I got spasms in both my calves out of nowhere and they locked up completely. And I finished, but I couldn't walk for the rest of the day. But it was just for that one day. So I have no idea what it was. I've never experienced it before. I thought I'd pulled both my calves, but I was halfway back, halfway away from the finish and it's an out and back, so I had to get back. So I just jogged it in, in agony, finished. Couldn't get my shoes off to get in the car. got home got in the bath Rebecca went to her mum and dad's which was literally just down the road from us for the rest of the day and luckily by the time she came back with the boys i could move again i have no idea what that was about or what happened but um i was just it was it wasn't until like luckily i did it I, i broke 16 minutes in the end and i did that in august and i did it in um barnes not barnes i did it in burnley at the podium 5k and that was because I was in a race that was ridiculously fast. I think it was one in like sub 14 minutes. Yeah. And I just sat in the race. It was on a cycle track at the K loop. I just sat in the race, switched off and ran it. Um, and I on purpose didn't go off hard. So I probably could have ran faster that day, closer to 15 minutes. But I sat off a little bit. Um, I was still not. If I look back to when I broke 16 minutes, I hadn't. I'd done bits, right, and I'd ran a lot and I'd done stuff, but I didn't do any of the things that I should have done. So I didn't do any core stability stuff. I didn't do anything to specifically lose, like, belly fat weight or anything like that. I'd done sessions, but they were okay, but it weren't enough. I basically broke 60 minutes off just running to and from work and doing a session every now and again. Like, there was some structure to it, but not, like, not really. Like, it wasn't like I was... Every Tuesday, I'm going the track. Every Thursday, I'm doing a tempo. It was just as and when and when I could fit it in around work. So um, then I started. Then, obviously, I'd done that, and then it was all fine. I thought it was fine. I was running quite consistently from that point. I didn't have any motivation to do anything else, which was a bit weird. I was thinking way ahead of myself. Like, I'll get really fit. I'll run. Um, people wanted me to run a marathon. So I was like, I'll try and train for a marathon, and that just destroyed me. Right. I was nowhere near mentally prepared after just coming back from running to then um, running sub, like doing all the sub 16 challenge to then going from a 5k all the way up to a marathon. And that's going from like 50, 60 miles, 50 miles a week I was averaging I broke 16 minutes to, it would have to be 80 to a hundred miles. If I, if the way I would do it, the way I would train, it would have to be that. Um, and I just couldn't, my like I got like twinges. I got, like um, plant the flashy eye. like six times in the space of a year. In from running sub sixteen to like last year, middle of last year, um, my body was just rejecting everything. I felt tired all the time. I couldn't walk up and down the stairs properly. My legs would lock up after I ran. Like I was just like, I wasn't taking care of myself. I just thought that I was back being a twenty-year-old kid that could just go run it and everything would be fine. And yeah. what I'd done is I hadn't processed the fact that. I'm older and I might need to do other stuff like cycling, like cross training, like just anything other than running because there's something. If, you, if, if I just concentrate on running right now, my body's going to break. And then it did. And I got really unfit again. I got on a lot of weight again. And then um, by Christmas this year, I, was, I wasn't anywhere near as big as I was when I started the sub 16 bet. But I was still about 8, I still got up to about 85 kilograms. I was still quite, I still got big again and I was quite out of shape. And then I just jumped into it in January this year. I just started running sixty mile weeks. So I had a treadmill, so I just started using that because a treadmill is a great way to trick your body into running fast and to get fit really quickly. Because there's no pressure really on your joints, because the treadmill's doing everything. And that's what I try and tell people: like if you have a treadmill and stuff, um, it's probably the same with like turbo trainers and stuff like they do quite a lot of the work for you so what it does is it releases a lot of the tension that you would build up but what it does teach your body is really bad habits that that's why you need to run outside Mm. because if you do too much on the treadmill your body becomes lazy in places where you need it to be strong yeah so doing a full training thing and if you're wearing carbon fiber shoes on a treadmill just don't i don't even know what you're doing but just like you're like I, i just cannot process why you would ever need to wear a pair of nike four percent on a treadmill um (laughs) or any form of like spring-loaded plated shoe does not need you do not need it on a treadmill because the treadmill is doing it all for you anyway so why then do you want to just do nothing uh, and basically not your muscles aren't doing anything you're just sweating so anyway that's my rant about that um but yeah so like you need to mix it up so like what i found is when i've started integrating treadmill running so this is my first part of like at 35 come into some sort of like mental enlightenment um, being able to get up to 80 to 100 mile a week had to involve the treadmill or some other form of cross training <laughs> the boys are just ripping out some toys so i apologize okay. um and if you don't do that you can't um at my age the, my body would just break down if i went around 100 mile a week outside double running eight mile days eight, eight in the morning eight in the evening to get to 100 miles my body would just that it break, I wouldn't be able to move. But using the treadmill has meant I can do a lot more running at a slower pace with not with no impact. I did snap my treadmill, so like the frame is now broken, so it bounces pretty well. But um, yeah, it's like it it adds a new level. And then in the last, like, because I got tendonitis um from running all the miles because i went like january i went like 60 80 60 80 80 60 80 80 60 100 but people think i just went and around 100 mile a week but i spent the first three like two months like every week running either 60 or 280 mile weeks 60 then 280 mile weeks so i built up to it um then i got tendonitis and then i've been cycling ever since and then since i've been cycling i'm now 10 times stronger as a runner like mainly because you get into this like state of like lactic. It. it's a weird i can't even explain it like scullion was at cycling yesterday and like we were talking and he said like the same thing like it's like a it's like a, like when you do a track session you you you're fine for the beginning part of it mostly but then towards the end it like gets to a point where it hurts and you really need it to stop. So like, you're burning, your legs are going, you don't really have the strength to put your foot down properly, and that's why you slow down, because the power that you're trying to put through your foot to go forward doesn't work anymore, and that, the lactic acid builds up, and then your body just eventually seizes up. With cycling, that seems to happen, but then there's a point where it doesn't get any worse, but it doesn't get any better. So it just this is, my, in my opinion, it stays like, and it's really uncomfortable. But if you just keep pedaling, you can ease it off a little bit and it'll like go away or you can change position and it'll go away, but it's still uncomfortable for that long periods of time. And I think what that does in correlation to running is it teaches your body that you can run at a higher tempo because you can cycle at this, you're cycling, your leg turnover at cadence is this when you're, I think this is how it's working anyway, is at this. So your lactic tolerance is going up and up and up and up. So like now I've been doing like hour runs at like, 10 miles an hour 11 miles an hour on the treadmill so that's like right. six yeah. 10 miles or something or maybe faster um but it doesn't feel hard i'm just sweating like my legs aren't buckling like i'm not tired i've not got lactic buildup. like i'm like but then before like if you've if already done that before i got tendonitis I'd have been buckling. My legs would have but before I started cycling and stuff, I'd have been like, oh my god, I'm like done, I'm running at like six miles an hour or whatever that's that is, like eight, yeah. eight yeah. kph or something. Like because I've got my treadmill set in miles an hour because KPH just fries my brain on how it works. I know if I run nine miles an hour, I can yeah. do nine miles in an hour. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like it yeah. works out, like <laughs> it works out properly in my brain.
0: Yeah. So
1: um it's just all becoming a lot easier. Now I'm starting to like I don't know like it's been a big change from where I was um like I had a real bad breakdown last year which didn't help like mentally and stuff I I like I've had I think I've had depression for like a long time I think like since like 2012 I've been in and out of bouts of depression like around um whether why I retired and all the doubts about like running and stuff and I never really processed it all properly And then last year it all came to a head and if it wasn't for Rebecca like I probably still would have been in this situation now like she um sorted out me down the doctor and did all these things that like I wasn't prepared to do myself I wasn't prepared to look at myself and think that like I've got this I've got this problem that needs sorting because I was always of the ilk of like it's just a mental state that you get over like it's just a frame of mind that you need to change it's just yourself like you're just being and I'm not afraid to say it like I know some people might be offended but like you're just weak you're just being a it's nothing. You just need to get over it, but it's not that at all. And now I have a true, like, not an understanding because I don't think you will ever fully understand what depression is and how it really occurs. Um, I just realized that I wasn't sleeping anymore. I wasn't like I was angry all the time. Like I couldn't really process emotions properly. I still and I still struggle with that now, but like it was really bad at that point. Yeah. So like I went to see the doctor and I got like signed off from work and then all this stuff. And then. Um, what I found is that the more I ran the, and the more I just enjoyed it and the more I just stopped looking at my garment and stopped like, worrying about Strava and stuff, the better I started feeling and the better person I was, whether that was running or whatever, um, it was the not putting any pressure on it that seemed to help it. And, like, obviously no one's in not everybody's doing what they want to do for a job like I wasn't doing I'm not doing what I want to do for the rest of my life and stuff like that and all that plays like a big part in like mentality and your mental state I just was in a place where I couldn't really think and you don't realize that you're not thinking until you like take a step back and they give you some pills to take and you just sort of like I don't know you start processing stuff and um it takes a while and there's no answer like it's not me saying if you do this you won't you won't be you won't get it and if you do this you'll get over it like my process was just I couldn't really think and everything was a bit cloudy and every time I was emotional at like getting upset watching The Incredibles or something stupid I thought I couldn't understand why I was like feeling that emotion over something that I would never normally worry about but it's hard to process that like it's hard to Figure that out that you're in that state and to admit that as well is a really difficult thing to like take on board because you're kind of admitting that there is and it's not a problem with you but you're kind of in that the way people think is that there's there's an issue that you've got you've obviously got some sort of problem but it's how you address it and like with all the stuff with mental health going around and all them different like scenarios like you sort of just think is it a bandwagon is it people just saying stuff because they're just lazy and they don't want to do stuff but like from my experience it's just like uh and not being able to think clearly and process anything properly so like scenarios and stuff like i became really addicted to like trying to run faster and trying to do things better and trying to like become a professional athlete and i'm very obsessive about things like i really am like I'm really into cycling right now, but that could probably change that like, next week or like in a month. I doubt it will because I really do. I am really passionate. I am really enjoying doing it. But that's what I need. That's what I'm trying to figure out and worry about. Like, am like Because I used to get really addicted to playing the computer, and like, was that just because it's a get-out? Because it means I don't have to deal with anything in the real world. And I don't have to act. I can just. And I get really annoyed at like dying on a computer game, and like, it's actually nothing. It's meaningless. Like. What am I angry about? Like, am I angry at myself? Am I angry about something that I said to someone today? And I used to, like, really badly, like, hang on to, um, like, things that I would say. So I'd say something to someone, and that would be the fixation of my thought process for, like, like ages. So if I'd said, and it might, be, it might be nothing but a flippant remark to you or something, but I could say something that I think that you might have taken the wrong way, and I wouldn't be able to let it go. I wouldn't be able to process it properly. So I'd be thinking about that and worrying and worrying and worrying and worrying and worrying about that one thing when actually, like, the dog's dead or something. No, he's not. But, like, do you know what I mean? Like, something else yeah, important's yeah. happened and I, I'm i not processing any of that information. I'm still worried about whether I've said something to offend someone or I've done something. That's, do you know what I mean? And it's just that kind yeah. of thought process that sends you a bit, a bit, I was going to say crazy, but that's not the right word, but it does send it sends your brain into, like, a... It, it just overloads your senses and you can't process that
0: properly. So. Yeah. I think, you know, with if, because I, I mean, I suffer with anxiety and I've suffered with OCD in the past. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I understand that process and using terms like, oh, it's a bit mental or it's a bit crazy, I think is almost like one of those, you know, non PC things that people who yeah, say yeah, mental health. It's help
1: hard because you want and, to say uh, that. Like, you want to say that, ah, oh, like, yes like, but you, you like, you pause because the way I speak, like, just in general, I yeah. would use that as the vocabulary that I would use to just it. But then <laughs> yeah. you sort of start thinking, is that offensive? Someone's going to get annoyed about yeah, that. Right? But it's not meant in that way. It's just, no. I think I was like a bit, like losing it
0: a bit. <laughs> yeah, well, it's but, the heart behind it, isn't it? And we know that, you know, your intentions are right. And you would be talking about this if, you know, if that was uh, mm-hmm. not the case. So, um, no, yeah, that's, that's a really interesting journey, and thanks so much for sharing that. That's um, okay. it's really quite tough what you've been through. Um, and you say, obviously, medication was, was part of the, sort of the support mechanism that helped it mm-hmm. and your life as well. Are there any sort of, um, in current times, say, with obviously the coronavirus going on, mm-hmm. where we're potentially, um, people who suffer with mental health are a little bit more at risk, are there any mm-hmm. sort of tips that you've got that you could give people to, to help them get through their day particularly in relation to uh, sport and exercise
1: yeah like just like if you can't get out and you're like you are stuck in the house just do go in the garden if you don't have a garden do something that's just going to raise your heart rate and just like have fun or find something like that you you can get interested in and it, it sounds crazy but like for me like I've been stuck in the house and around here for like two weeks three weeks now and I've just got into like I've got a treadmill so I'm really lucky like and I know not everybody has that but like um just like getting into like a new sport like like I said to you like, I know I've gone on about it but like cycling like I've watched quite a lot of videos on it I'm learning about it all the time I don't really know anything about it I just thought you get on a bike and you go cycling I didn't realize that you actually have to let think about your reach and where your seat is and all these different things so it's that like, interesting to find out something else and like if you only dedicate yourself to one sport I've come to realize that you can become like really self isolated by yourself. So, like, you should always try and figure out, or not always, but like try and look to see if there is other things that you're interested in. Because I was always of the vein that like I'm only interested in athletics and football. So, everything else I don't care about. Like, it's just so like I'm just not interested in anything else. But actually, when it comes down to it, I am actually really interested in like loads of other things. I just dismissed it because. I was just thinking, and now's the time more than ever that you've got time to just be able to do it. Sorry, my son was trying to get in the door. Um, <laughs> it's now's the time to try and like, do that. And if you can just like, people are running marathons in their back garden and stuff. Like, yeah, why not? Like, it's just <laughs> like, tough. shuttle run. Do, do stuff that's fun. Don't worry about what other people say. There's a lot of idiots out there that think that everything's stupid, but
0: yeah,
1: like, what are they doing with their lives? Do you know what I mean? Like, they're just idiots <laughs> as well, so I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah.
0: No, I uh I completely agree. Um I think that's all my questions uh for cool. this time. Um just out of interest, just to finish off, have you got any particular goals for yourself coming forward? Are there any more crazy bets that you're gonna be doing where you're gonna get someone like Andy <laughs> Vernon's name tattooed on your forehead? <laughs> no. So I am thinking so if I can keep
1: staying this fit and getting as healthy as I am now, I'll try and run like a marathon or half marathon this year, but I'm also going to try and cycle from here to Edinburgh just cause I want to see if I can do that. It's like 60, 70 miles. Um, and yeah, just see like, just do some stuff like that. Like, I, like, I want to see if do like a test really to see, cause if I ever take up coaching and stuff in the future, I think that we've done stuff in such a way, like, running 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 or just cycling 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 or whatever it is like swimming like we all just do like well you're different you do all three but like we get so specific in just one area when you when you get one sport that i think there's a lot of different things that open up if you do other things and i understand runners don't want to be adding muscle mass in and cycling all the time but what do they do when they're injured yeah they cycle or cross train can constantly <laughs> and they seem to get so fit but as soon as they start running again they stop all that extra bit and Except just the do foot. the running. Yeah, yeah. And just, or just, same with like the, do you know what I mean? Like with the swimming or whatever it is, like you always do something opposite when you're injured. Some people do nothing like <laughs> me, but <laughs> that has, it's got to have some sort of benefit. So I'm just going to try and figure that out for myself, whether I do it and help my kids or help other people realize that you can get like super fit because right now I'm probably as fit as I've ever been. And I've been cycling and running. So Amazing. i I can't swim so i won't be doing no triathlons
0: <laughs> yeah give it time give it time honestly like, i can't
1: swim i i i genuinely just think i just cannot swim i cannot get it right i have no idea how it works it's like that's something that stresses me out like i just and i get scared
0: <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty normal when i first went into open water i had panic attacks and i had to do yeah. pressure and keep my head above the water a bit like uh-huh. uh, I know this isn't a very PC thing to say, but like the granny sort of swimming, yeah, method, yeah, yeah. If you like, uh-huh. um, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was tough to get through, but it, it's definitely a challenge that you could take on. And if you fancy it, then uh, you can come up. To oh yeah, I just I, I love
1: the other two things. To to I just <laughs> it's just swimming just melts my brain. I take my kids swimming, but I just bob up and down. I'm not swimming about. <laughs> get the floats out. Eh? Yeah, I just can't get it right. I have
0: no idea. I'm not coordinated enough. Okay. Um, this this video's got a little bit of a delay on it, so I hope that's okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> we can uh, we can all uh, enjoy that a little bit. But um, in terms of if people want to follow your journey and, and mm-hmm. what you're doing next, where can they go to? to, to no, talk just like
1: well, I've, I need to pick up my Instagram a bit because since I've been off, I've just been doing my YouTube videos every day. So I do like a daily vlog on my YouTube. Um, but I just forget because I'm like I can only do like a certain amount of things. And I'm, but like these some people can do like all of it and I actually have no idea how they do like every single bit of social media so like if I was I'll try and do it all pretty well like Twitter Instagram and stuff like that. I'm just a one man band who's terrible at doing multiple things
0: <laughs> I think <laughs> so. you're doing a pretty good job and you're, you're being quite hard on yourself but so what's the what's the hashtag or the at
1: oh it's just my name it's just Colin McCourt on everything so like Twitter Instagram YouTube it's just my name <laughs> So, and if it doesn't come up I obviously haven't
0: done a good enough job <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think you're doing a fine job we have enjoyed following your journey and thanks for joining us today Colin
1: no worries man anytime I yeah, appreciate that